We shall continue our sermon sessions within the Gospel of Luke, and we will find ourselves this day in chapter 2, verses 21 through verse 40. That will be the portion of Scripture we shall proclaim. Verses 21 through verse 40. Verse 21 says, and I quote, And when eight days had passed before his, speaking of Jesus, circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the messenger, the angel, before he, Jesus, was conceived in the womb. Very interesting information being revealed by the penmanship of the Holy Spirit. The foreplan and wisdom of the great I Am here in this verse, that Jesus was to be, of course, birthed from the very beginning in the mind of God, that his son would suffer for the redemption of mankind. And so indeed, the messenger would have had the information to call him his name. The name, of course, given by the messenger before Jesus was conceived in the womb. This, of course, is of a supernatural insight coming from a supernatural source. And a bit of an excursion for your notes, it's quite revealing that the Holy Spirit would see life at conception. That, indeed, human life would be found at conception. And that the removal of such life afterwards would be murder. Before he was conceived in the womb, at the very moment of conception is human life. And in this year moment in our history, the Christ, the Savior of the world. It is indeed, if I may say, with the corruption of our current age, It is indeed a wonderful thing that Mary saw it fit to keep the child in her womb. And when the days, verse 22, for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now, when the days of their purification, according to the law of Moses, is interesting as well. For in those days, we find 33 days of purification. Coincidentally, of course, the age in which the Christ walked the earth was 33 years, so they say. And it was according to the law of Moses. And it needed to be completed. And so we have insight into the fateful mind of Mary and Joseph and that the Christ of a lowly birth was still obedient to the law for the law came from God and Moses spoke the law of the Lord and they wanted to complete the law and location 
is indeed a most important position of the verse. When the days of their purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem. There's a location in which they are going in order to present him to the Lord. There's a location in which religious individuals would be assembled for the purpose of fulfilling this law. As it is written, verse 23, in the law of the Lord. Remember, the law of Moses, the law of the Lord, synonymous. They are indeed as one. Every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice, verse 24, according to what was said in the law of the Lord, which is, quoting, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, Mary and Joseph were not wealthy individuals in the community. Their resources were limited, yet they were still capable of being faithful to God. For God knows that he is not going to instruct or command a law that some of us can obey, but some of us will just never be rich enough to obey. God is equal in his love. And all of us have the same freedom and privilege in Christ. And certainly here in this day and age, Mary and Joseph, though having lesser means than perhaps others in the community still capable of offering sacrifice, which was necessary to the obedient completion of the law. And in this here location in time, this recorded account, verse 25, was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout. He was, in other words, doing what was right according to the word of God, and he was dedicated to doing what was right according to the word of God. Looking for the consolation of Israel, the redemption of Israel, the coming Messiah. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. He was indeed endowed by inspiration. And it had been revealed in verse 26 to him, this man, Simeon, by the Holy Spirit, again, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. It was permitted to him in the first century to be the recipient endowment of a supernatural knowledge. It was in favor of his request to see this Messiah. He had been reading in the prophets before he died. He would want to see. He would yearn to see the child that would redeem Israel. And I find it quite interesting of a question to ask how indeed did the Holy Spirit reveal this information? Well, in verse 27... He came in the Spirit into the temple. Remember, location is important. The temple is the designed location for religious individuals in the first century to assemble to be pleasing to God, where the law can be practiced and obeyed. And when the parents, of course Mary and Joseph, brought in the child, Jesus, to carry out for Jesus the custom of the law, now, this, of course, is an inspired within religious assembly. Then he took him into his arms. 
So Simeon took Jesus in his arms and blessed God and said, verse 29, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. The Holy Spirit writes words. He speaks words. For you and I today, the written word is accomplished, fulfilled, perfect. In the first century, the word was spoken and received within the mind. And indeed, Simeon now seeing the blessing. He can now depart in peace, if you will, for the fulfillment has taken place. He can see the child that would redeem mankind. For my eyes, he says in verse 30, have seen your salvation, which you, verse 31, have prepared in the presence of all peoples. Verse 32, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. We recognize that it was always God's plan to save the Gentiles. The Gentiles were created in the image of God as much as the Jew. But the Gentile had since gone astray to their own gods, to their own heathen way. And yet still, God had mercy and grace upon them so that the Messiah could bring them to salvation. Interesting words here being revealed. Locations are being revealed. The motive of hearts is being revealed. Their faith, their dedication to doing what is right. And of course, the blessing of God's love upon all who are faithful. Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant, a servant, a slave to God, Because I assure you, we are all bond servants. We are all slaves here. But who is our master? If we are slave to Christ, then we are indeed in a very good location. But if we are slaves to sin and the devil, then our minds are still twisted in confusion and sinful practices, beliefs, and traditions. Releasing your bondservant to depart in peace. My dear friends, that is the objective, that we one day can depart this earth in peace. And that it will be found in doing what is right and being dedicated to doing what is right as we too seek the Messiah, to see the Messiah. And we indeed today have also the Holy Spirit. He wrote this book. And so we receive the words he wrote And when we read and study the words he wrote, we receive and believe, we act upon the words he wrote. My dear friends, we are led by the book. The words of the Holy Spirit, according to your word, he says. In verse 26, revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. Well, how? Well, in verse 29, we know how, according to your word. Today's world is enamored in misguided confusion. And it is because we have left the word and we diminish and dumb down the power 
of God-breathed literature. But yet all the accounts we read in the scriptures of faithful individuals and believers, they go to the Word. They don't go to religious experiences or emotional, uh, misguided emotions or investments in that realm or dreams or visions. My dear friends, do not trust your own heart. It can mislead you. Trust the words you read before your eyes. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. The age of the Christ in which you and I live, Christianity, my dear friends, is indeed an educated religion. Though you do not need a PhD to love Jesus and follow him. God prepared this plan of salvation from the very beginning. We are speaking of a book written throughout the span of approximately 1,500 years by 40 men found in different geographical locations and cultures and timelines in our history, inspired by God through His providence and power to now hold 66 books. Simeon received the word and according to the word, he was blessed to an answered prayer to see the child that would grow. That is the Messiah where salvation is found. My dear friends, if you seek salvation, you will find it in the written words of the Holy Spirit and nowhere else. For it is in Christ alone. The light or a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The scripture continues in verse 33. We move following. His father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. Truly fascinating. It could have easily just went past their heads. The significance of this child that they held. And Simeon, in verse 34, blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed, verse 35, and a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many Hearts may be revealed. It's interesting to me, an inspired man who sought to see the Christ before he departed this earth, to do so in peace. In inspiration speaks of the suffering of the Christ to come and the opposition that will gradually grow stronger against our King, our Master, Jesus the Christ. His existence on this earth 2,000 years ago was not just a vacation to experience humanity in a vain format. 
he was to come to tell religious people, believers in God, who were firmly convinced they were saved through the Abrahamic lineage, that they were indeed lost. And they crucified him for it. Let's keep that close to our hearts. And understand this sacrifice. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel. And for a sign to be opposed. He's going to shake things up. He's going to fracture the foundation of traditions in Judaism. A sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. This book will reveal what's in your heart. I assure you, I've seen it. It's done so for my life and it will do so for yours. It will change you. It will have you question many things. Interestingly enough, would you know it, the Hebrew writer in chapter 4, and you can follow me there or just listen to me quote, Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. I, I quote to you, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You can lie to me. But you can't lie to God. You may fool me, but you won't fool God. This book is clearly written with instruction and love. And it will indeed reveal what's in our hearts. We will either crucify him or embrace him, love him, deny ourselves, pick up the cross daily and follow him. Again, to Luke chapter 2, verse 35. A sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. God is the most powerful physician. And He can operate on you with great precision. He can remove sin from your life. He will remove you from false religious ideas and worldviews that you were perhaps born and raised in, that perhaps you had prior to this study. He will remove you from a destructive life, living very sinful and lawless ways. He will truly reveal who you are. That's important. Are we seeking the truth? 
Are we humble enough to look in the mirror and say, maybe I've been wrong. Maybe I've put my confidence and security in things that are not true. I assure you, we will never be faithful to God if we are not humble to seek his instruction. And Simeon was wise and faithful. And Mary and Joseph and those we have read prior to these verses today. And in verse 36, there was a prophetess. Her name was Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then as a widow, in verse 37, to the age of 84, she never left the temple serving night and day with fastings and prayers. It's interesting, but it took 450 years before anyone was divinely endowed to prophesy. And she here, this wonderful woman, this widow, a servant, had indeed been the recipient of divine inspiration. And it is interesting to me if you look again and highlight the words that are found to describe Simeon and now Anna. They are faithful. They are doing what is right. They are dedicated to doing what is right. They are seeking. They find salvation. They serve. They fast and they pray. At that very moment in verse 38, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of Him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Most sought socio-political freedom from the Roman oppression. And that was the idea of physical Israel. And to their credit, everything in the Old Testament was geared to a physical aspect of life, though God wanted them to look at the spiritual. And so, as we arrive in the first century here, in the mind of the Jewish tradition and culture, they would have indeed read the prophecies of the coming Messiah with the thought that this is going to be a man of God who is going to, with a physical sword, slay down the oppression of the Roman powers and once again make Judaism the center of power, the center of existence for the Jew. But you see, Christ was not going to come to restore physical Israel. Those days were long gone. He was going to establish spiritual Israel where Jew and Gentile could be one in Christ. Location in Christ. And so the redemption of Jerusalem would not come with physical swords, but a spiritual sword. Again, how did Simeon receive his information? The Holy Spirit. And what is the Holy Spirit producing? Words according to the Word of God. Verse 39 says, when they had performed everything according to the, here it is again, law of the Lord, 
They returned to Galilee, to their own city of Nazareth. And the child, in verse 40, continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. The great I Am's favor was upon his son. There are a great deal of many wonderful instructions that give us practical application in our faith this day and age. My dear friends, are we seeking to live upright, to be doing what is right? And to do what is right is not according to our own emotions. Because I assure you, you can find murderers who will say, I feel good when I murder. Are we seeking to do what is right? Are we devoted to doing what is right? Are we willing to read the words of the Holy Spirit and take the time to marinate and meditate on the context, the great problem and confusion you have out there in the ocean of divisions is that they do not take the time to go through the verses in order to reveal the context. What you will find is the plucking of certain verses to accommodate Christianity in their own image, the image of man. What you and I are doing is revealing the author's intent for our hearts. So we take the time to read through each verse so that we can become the recipients of the information God intended for us. I assure you, I can take this book and make it say whatever I want it to say, and within six months, you'll all be following me off a cliff. You'll drink the Kool-Aid. You will. No, I'll never. You will. Folks do that. We do it. So what can govern our thoughts to remain straight and narrow? We read the context. We take the time to learn. If you give yourself the time to learn, you're going to meet the fork in the road. For some of us, it takes a week. For some of us, it takes 10 years. God's grace. We take the time to see. Simeon, how long did he wait to see the Christ? How long did he serve? There's a purpose to the manner in which we are reading these accounts. My dear friends, all of us, if we find ourselves challenged, take the time, take the time to learn and you will begin to see. You will begin to see the truth. The Jewish mind, of course, was galvanized in their rebellion against the Christ, sadly. And Jesus loved them dearly. But they ultimately rejected him. Therein, the prophesied words of Simeon to the end in which we would become hostile towards the Messiah. We did not want to take the time to learn the scriptures in the proper interpretation. The Jews had since misinterpreted so many verses. They had created so many traditions. And they were so fully convinced in their rebellion that we belong to God. We are believers because I was born from the lineage of Abraham. 
May we not find ourselves in the same pride. May we all be able to learn and to submit to the information of the Holy Spirit's Word. To do so, my dear friends, is to thank God, as was done by these here faithful individuals of the first century. At that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak to Him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Now, they may have had the wrong angle of redemption, physical, but yet the principle of looking is there, isn't it? Are we looking? You know, this church is a beautiful church. I truly and personally love each and every one of you. You have brought so much joy to my life and comfort and healing. I cannot see my life without you. I cannot. Are we humble enough to understand we must look, we must seek, we must search, we must ask? It is indeed a challenging, a challenging path forward. But if we have the heart revealed through the examples of faith here, Simeon, Mary, and Joseph, and those before in chapter 1 and whatnot, then God will guide us. God will guide us. I assure you, God will guide us. I am not the head of this church. Though you see me come before this pulpit and teach and preach, I assure you this is not my church. This belongs to Christ. And if I were to depart this earth this evening, you all must keep following the Christ. That is most important. So when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, my dear friends, we must obey the law of our Lord and Master. Though we are not saved by the law, we are saved by the lawmaker. And because we are saved by the lawmaker, we show him our love by following his law, mercy and grace. They returned to Galilee, to their own city of Nazareth. The child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. That will conclude this portion of our sermon sessions. Lord willing, next week we shall indeed continue. If there is any need for any of you to respond to the gospel plan of salvation, you can certainly approach us afterwards and do so. Christ made it very clear. You must be born again out of water and the Spirit. He will add you to His church and He will give you the family name Christian. You will only find this information within the rightly handled Word of God. And I do encourage you as we together continue to study moving towards uh, uh, the wonderful uh, blessing of eternal life. All right, we shall move forward with a, uh, a song. <laughs>